got a feeling. I got a feeling, brothers. I got a feeling. Pittsburgh's going to the playoffs. I got a feeling. You got a feeling, Neil? Watching this, Jacksonville? This is what happens when you disrespect the terrible towel. Yes. You got a feeling, baby. You got a feeling. Listeners out there, you are checking out the new standard. And if you hear me just chirping along and singing with a bad octave (laughs) and just super excited, it's because the Pittsburgh Steelers have done the improbable and have qualified for the playoffs. And if you look at the ESPN playoff tracker, it is 100%. The only thing we have to wait for now Sunday evening is who do the Steelers play. And we'll talk about that a little bit later on the show, whether we prefer Miami or we prefer Buffalo. But before we get into the show, make sure you chime in. Go to YouTube. Do a search for the new standard. Lance Williams, Neil Kulong. The Steelers are back in the playoffs. You can find us the same way via podcast. Neil, what's up, baby? We back in the dance. What a day. What a last 17-ish hours, 20, 48 hours, Lance, that this is uh, not at all what we expected this weekend to end up like. Three weeks ago, we wrote this team off. So did you. Don't lie. Nobody thought the Steelers would be in the position that they're in. They have not won anything per se, but the fact of the matter is they came back from basically the dead to recap, to capture what is probably going to be the sixth or the seventh seed, what will be the sixth or the seventh seed in the AFC playoff picture, setting up a, a road playoff game in the wild card round against Miami, Kansas City, or Buffalo. That will depend on how Kansas City and Buffalo do in their afternoon games and their, their night game. We won't know this uh, probably formally until late tonight, but it will be one of those teams uh, all three of those teams have defeated the Steelers in the last two years at some point. <laughs> so a little bit of revenge, I guess we could say. But what a, a, a fantastic game from the Steelers yesterday. And hats off to the Tennessee Titans for defeating the hated Jaguars, the towel-stomping, towel-stealing Jacksonville Jaguars who choked their asses off this afternoon in Tennessee what a great game from them, really. I, I, Mike Rabel might have saved his job. I, I, they performed very well, uh, both sides of the ball, I thought. They, they got the better of um, Trevor Lawrence, picked him off twice, both times in the second quarter. Ryan Tannehill was enough. But more than anything, I don't know if you watched the game, Lance, what an, what an absolute legend Derrick Henry is. Just, oh, my God, there's nothing more enjoyable than watching Derrick Henry run the football. I don't know where Lance went. We'll throw him back in now. There he is. And he's yeah. going to switch up so we're not on other sides again. This is weird. I feel like we're we're <laughs> Dan Les and Brojo here. <laughs> Flipping sides. Chooks is on the bench. <clears throat> Fantastic, though. Good for the Steelers. I picked them to be 10-7 and seven this season. This season did not go the way that I thought that it would, but 10 wins is 10 wins. You have to be happy with that. I'm not hearing... Anything about their playoff record, how many games they've won when the last time they was, I don't care. It makes no difference to to this season right now. They are banged up. This is perhaps one of the weakest Steelers teams going into the postseason we've seen, in a large part uh, due to the biggest news that we've gotten from Steeler Nation today. It is a grade two, not a grade three, which would be far worse, a grade two MCL sprain for all-pro outside linebacker T.J. Watt, he will not play in this game. Um, yes, he loves to set up the idea that he is immortal and he's he's not going to play in this game. Um, he might be back for a, a, a potential Super Bowl uh, appearance. And to be fair, the Steelers have not been eliminated from the Super Bowl competition yet, like the Cincinnati Bengals, like the Jacksonville Jaguars, like a lot of teams in the NFL who are not the Steelers. And yes, I would be remiss, thank you, Kevin, for not pointing out the contributions of one former Steeler, Terrell Edmonds, who gave us perhaps the best sighting of the season. It's a bit I do on social media if you're not familiar with it. Anytime there's a highlight or whatever, good or bad, from a former Steelers player, I just retweet whatever it is saying, 
the guy's name and sighting. So it was the best Terrell Edmonds sighting we will ever get. Uh, excellent interception. He had the first of the two in the second quarter. But Lance, the Steelers are in the postseason. They're in the playoffs. What a year. You know what? We're, we we got to get into some narratives. But before we get into some narratives, and of course we'll be bringing a show out to you on Wednesday, breaking it down, breaking down whoever the Steelers play uh, in the first round of the playoffs. I assume whoever they play, uh, they will be underdogs, but we will break that game down. Oh, yes. Uh, let, me, let me read you what the Cleveland Clinic says about a grade two MCL tear. A grade two MCL tear is a moderate tear in which your MCL is partially torn usually the superficial part of your MCL. Your knee will likely be loose when it is moved by the hand, and you'll probably have intense pain and tenderness along the inner side of your knee. So that's great news for T.J. Watt and for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I got a feeling, I got a feeling that a lot of narratives are going to change because of this playoff berth. And that's because... When you make the playoffs, and I'm going to say something very obvious, playoffs, you give yourself an opportunity to win a championship, regardless of how likely or not. And that's why the Steelers are competing. First question I want to jump into is, what does a playoff berth mean for Tomlin's future? And I'll tackle this one first. It means Tomlin is going to get an extension that he probably was going to get anyway. And it also means that my perspective on Tomlin, although it has not changed, I will modify it slightly in the fact that I don't think there's a way in the world that the Steelers will move on from Mike Tomlin, and probably nor should they. What I will say is he's going to get the extension, but they're going to have to really be careful when it comes down to the next selection of an offensive coordinator. And because they made the playoffs, I think that bleeds into that narrative. But, Neil, what do you think a playoff berth means for Tomlin's future if it was ever in question with the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think you have to look at it both at the 10,000-foot level and the ground level. Um, winning yesterday means they finished the season 10-7. and seven. At that point, um, you won 10 games and you had the chance to not make the playoffs. The Steelers have never not made the playoffs winning 10 games in a season. I'm not sure you can say he's worse because they didn't make the playoffs. He's, he is what his record says he is this year. I, I If you would have asked me yesterday before the game, I would have said odds are pretty good he's going to get an extension. They rebounded very well at a time where I was, I was saying it might be time to move on. Uh, maybe it is time to move on. I think he has done enough uh, for a, a front office to say, okay, I think we have our, our top leadership here. That does not mean there are not a, a, a slew of questions and issues that need to be addressed and answered quickly into the offseason. And that absolutely will happen. The first thing they will do, though, is announce Tomlin's extension. He's not going to go very long into a lame duck year. They'll have the extension locked up, and then my guess, they're, they're not a team that reacts quickly to the coaching uh, decisions. Those are usually made a little bit later into to January. The schedule has been pushed back a week uh, since the you know the last couple of years, a little bit later than what they normally do. I would expect that to come you know a couple of weeks after the season ends. Uh, they'll they'll kind of take a breath and figure out what they want to do. But I, Tomlin will be back, and I think from there you're going to see some assistant coaches go. Um, and they're going to need to make a decision uh, on their offensive coordinator. That's going to, to determine uh, who they bring in, what they want to do from there. So this will be a hectic early offseason for the Steelers, but the first thing will be they'll, they'll give Tomlin an extension. And we're going to jump into that because that's the next question I want to pose to you. But big up to Kevin Motley and big up to everybody that is on the live Steelers freak. What's up, boy, boy? Mel, what's up, Q Dog, Grimlock, G, Steely McBeeman, Brother J, Mark Tobin, big up to everybody, and you're checking out the new standard. The Steelers are back in the playoffs. I can't get that high. Playoff, playoffs, and playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. And I want to jump into Kevin Motley's point before we jump into the next question. What does a playoff berth 
mean for Eddie Faulkner and him potentially being the next offensive coordinator? But tell me, a coach, Neil, who can do better for us than Tomlin? I mean, it's coming like that is a legitimate question. I mean, he seems to pull shit out of his ass and I, 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 like as much as I get frustrated by I heard you swear, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, I get frustrated by watching putrid offense consistently. Right. And I've grown tired of the Tomlinisms. I mean, but God, but shit, Neil, tell me a coach who can do better for the Steelers than him. I'm not paid nearly enough to make that decision. What I will say is Mike Tomlin has earned the right to continue with a reshuffling of this team. It's obvious that that needs to happen. And I, I'll point this out. Everyone screams about this all the time, and I don't really understand. You want to put Tomlin under the same axe that you put Canada. Well, Tomlin swung the axe on Canada, and look what happened. Did they make a mistake in keeping him? Yeah, probably. But they also it, they also did something unprecedented in the modern era of this franchise in firing him in the middle of the season. He took action. He solved the problem. Okay? He, he did. I understand did. that they're not 14-3 and you're pissed about that. They didn't average 48 points a game and you're pissed about that. The reality is the problems that they had to solve they fixed as the season went on. It's not easy to change that's the tire point, when the car man. is moving. That, that's so, a fantastic And, and I, I was first in line saying it's, it's probably time for a change when they were at their lowest end because, frankly, there was time for – there was reason for a change. He solved the problem for what they had. Let's roll the dice and see what happens here. This is not the same team that we saw throughout most of this season. It really isn't. Now – Unfortunately, you lost Watt, and that's probably fatal. But they they improved tremendously over the last three games. It is a much better team than what we've seen. We should have a lot more confidence in them to show up for a playoff game, unlike the last couple ones, uh, against a field that in the AFC, frankly, is not very good. You don't know how I know that, Lance? Because they don't beat Buffalo consistently, and they're not very good. They don't beat Kansas City consistently. They're not very good. They somehow don't beat the Dolphins consistently, even though they should. And the Dolphins are beaten to hell right now, too. You know the one team is that they beat consistently? The Ravens. And they're the, the top seed. <laughs> don't, don't, tell me, don't tell me anybody. You know There are teams that cannot win the AFC this year. Don't tell me that. It's not that good of a field. And when you look at the field, you look at the number of losses, I mean, I mean, damn near everybody in the playoffs on the AFC side has damn near seven losses. Yeah, it's I mean, not, so it's very balanced. And a lot of these yes. teams have obvious flaws. Where was Buffalo for the first half of the season? They're not Buffalo came in with a ton of hype. Everyone loved talking about Buffalo. They're this dominant force that hasn't won a big game. They're not that good of a team. I'm not saying they're bad, but they're not that good of a team. They're getting hot at the right time, though. That's a team I'd be worried about. Miami lost like four defensive starters last week. You're not just going to replace that. You think losing Watt is bad? They lost two edge guys. They lost Howard. They lost the defensive tackle. They're, they're not the same team that they've been. So hey, the Mark. Steelers, if anything, they're the ones who are perfectly comfortable not being good. <laughs> you know, that's an advantage to them. They're hey, used Mark to having to, to muck it up. Hey, Mark. I, I, you're not going to rain on my parade or our parade today. We are going to get blinded by the success. I can't see. My name is Ray Charles Williams. If, if if the success is blinding, I have 2020 vision. Okay, this yes. is not a successful team. This is just <laughs> yes. a team that knows how to win ugly. <laughs> yes, and that'd um, be a, a team that can win ugly, and they can run your ass off the field. That's a team you worry about in January. And that's who the Steelers are. That's what you're going to hear about all this week. This is the team you don't want to play, that whole cliche, except you lost Watt. Got it. They, they yes. Watt going in this However, game, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going Kansas. to I'm going to hope that Mike Tomlin does the Mr. Miyagi and rubs his palms quickly. Watts out on the field. Yeah, and, and puts it Just on TJ's 
and and TJ walks out the tunnel with his helmet on, glowing with the aura of the healing power on his knee. But let's transition to what does a playoff berth mean for the offensive coordinator position? And I, I want to give credit to Jim Wexel, who does a fantastic job uh, on his website, uh, SteelerCityInsider.net. And, and a long time ago, I had Jim on the show. We were doing an interview about what constitutes success ultimately for a draft. And I was like, well, you know, if you draft a couple of first rounders, you know, you get a second rounder, you get a 10 year vet, blah, blah, blah. You get really good players in your draft. Da, da, da. That's a successful draft. Jim kind of laughed and said, yeah, well, uh, let me just define it for you and keep it real simple. It's about winning games. It's always about winning games. And with the offensive performance that the Steelers have had in the last three games where they scored 30 twice, you had a quarterback with a rating of over 100 multiple games. You won all the games, and you probably averaged about 28 a game. I'm thinking you got to bring back Eddie Faulkner. I'm thinking Eddie Faulkner with the playoff berth, it just cements his return. I don't think there's a way right now. It, two parts to this. I believe in a, a, a good, thorough dive into the marketplace. Agreed. To let the candidates decide the direction that you want to go. Agreed. I also believe when you've got what works, you don't want to lose it. Because let's keep in mind, okay, the situation here is not as if there's a retirement or a promotion or anything like that that causes the Steelers offensive coordinator position to be open. Okay. They fired Matt Canada in the middle of the season. You asked Eddie Faulkner to take on the duty of the entire offense along with the running backs, which is what he signed up to do. <clears throat> His ability to do that and the coordination, the leadership that he provided turned this offense around 180 degrees. Okay. Najee Harris has not run the ball better in his career than he did the last couple games. Amid all of this, he lost the starting quarterback. Then he had to suffer through the backup, who's not going to be in the league for a whole lot longer. And he got literally play commiserate with one of the three best in the league over the last three weeks. And that's not hyperbole. That's, that's the truth to suggest you don't have your offensive coordinator for the future is a bold statement at this point. Okay. I don't know what else you want. What I know is this. And I said this at the time I am willing to give Eddie Faulkner with Mike Sullivan calling plays every reason of every benefit of the doubt, all of, of the, whatever support is worth coming from me uh, for the sake of, of keeping his job. If he shows up and does the job at a high level, because it goes from you were a part of the dumpster fire that this used to be, and now you are the only candidate in the field who has direct experience with this group playing at a level that is 200% better than where it was when they started. How does he not get the job? I, I do believe in, in researching. They should interview. They should open it up. But I, I, don't, I don't know what it would take for them to hire somebody other than Eddie Faulkner. And if I had $1,000 to bet, it, it would be on Eddie Faulkner getting that job right now. And, and that's why you're fantastic, Neil, because you brought up a great analogy in describing this when you said the value of going out there and looking. It's akin to, you know, you don't buy the first sweater you see on sale. Like You don't buy the first sweater you see on sale. You, you put that one in on layaway or you, you ask them to hold it for you. You scour the net, see if you can find it with a better price or a better deal or a better sweater you like. And if you don't, you come back and grab that sweater. So you allow the process to play itself out. I mean, Andy Faulkner is not going to be in demand. So you have time and you have some patience to let the process itself play out, interview some candidates, and allow yourself to be wowed by somebody. 
Somebody might come in there and just blow your absolute socks off like Tomlin did when he interviewed originally for the job and that be your offensive coordinator. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. I mean, yeah, let's let's just out. say, let's just say hypothetically, they lose in the wild card game next week. They're going to be underdogs. I, I think we can all emotionally prepare for the likelihood of the Steelers not winning the Super Bowl. But let's say it happens next week. They have no need to hire an offensive coordinator for months. Months. Okay? Or at least like two months. They don't need to do it. They can take their time. They may as well. May as well. Look and see what's out there. At the same time, this isn't a big world. All right. There are not a whole lot of people at the NFL level as far as coaches, coordinators go. It's a good idea to use these opportunities to cast a wide net. And you know why I know this, Lance? We talked about this exact same thing when yeah. they did this in the general manager search. Yes. Absolutely. And what did they do? They hired the most likely candidate and yes. somebody that, that's earned the job and had earned the job at the time. But they cast a wide net. One of the people they talked to, Andy Weidel, who they hired as the assistant. They offered him that job. He accepted it. May as well see what's out there. May as well give other people a shot. May as well put some other names on, on radars. Maybe they need a position coach. It's not going to work out for a coordinator. But next year, there's an opening. They really like this guy. They've already talked to him. Streamlined. They have a good sense of who they are hiring. Instead of just hiring somebody cold, you build up your, your database of connections. I mean, that, that's that's sort of how the world works. I, I, I have no problem with that. I just think that Faulkner is... Faulkner has a resume right now that good or bad, is impossible to ignore. You can't yes. get rid of the guy that just did all this. That sends yes. a horrible message. Yes, it I does. know that there are people that want to see them go out and find the extravagant coordinator, some Sean guy that Stanton. has all the magic plays in his book the already. Magic. The guy from, from Waterboy, he's going to walk in <laughs> and be able to just magically conjure up stuff. Not going to happen. Okay, those guys, are, those guys, if they do exist, are head coaches. They're not coordinators. Faulkner is the most qualified guy for the team that they have right now. We know that because he's just done it over the last, what, seven games and done a phenomenal job in, in much of that time. Not perfect. They're not a perfect team. They still have drafting they need to do. They still have free agency yes, they need to yes, go through. Absolutely. This is not about plays. This is about yes. the overall leadership of the team. And, and, and I agree. Faulkner probably will and should be the next guy because he's also built a rapport with the team and the players. And he knows the players and personnel as well as anybody better than anybody that they could possibly bring in. But that leads us to another very interesting narrative question. And I and I took the Twitter and I and I said yesterday or X whatever it's called. Uh, by the way, every time I think of X.com, I think of you've been hoodwinked and bamboozled. That's like the, every time that I uh, log on to X, uh, I'm thinking this. The question is, what does a playoff berth? mean for Mason Rudolph and I'm not sure if all of Steeler Nation knows that Mason Rudolph is an unrestricted free agent next year so if there's one player in a National Football League that's kind of in a great position sitting in a catbird seat so to speak it's Mason Rudolph and, and, and if I'm Mason Rudolph th this is what I tell the Steelers Unless you can guarantee that I'm starting these nuts. You can get these nuts, as Snoop would say. You can get those. You can get them salted, roasted, boiled, however you want them. I'm not coming back unless I'm QB1. Because I'm going to get paid and go somewhere else and maybe have a legitimate shot to be a QB1. I want to get paid and I want to be QB1. If not, these, what do you think? For Mason Rudolph, now that the Steelers have secured the playoff berth, I don't see a whole lot of avenues in which Rudolph would be back. Um, I, I got into a, a discussion uh, on Twitter slash X with somebody about this. I, I don't get a sense that people really understand the value uh, that Rudolph has generated in himself. Okay, you look around the NFL. A lot of backup quarterbacks played this year. Absolutely. And most of them were bad. Okay. You're pissed about Trubisky. Trubisky's average. All right. That's what most of them look like. Rudolph, turns out, he, he saved the season. 
it's really hard to say that that's not the case. The way that he played over the last three games, and I know that that Sunday's win over the Ravens was not exactly, you know, textbook offensive, uh, uh, you know, dominance, but he played well when he had to. Two games in a row, he made the clutch throw late in the game that empowered his team to be able to win. When you don't have a quarterback who is capable of doing that, you really want to find one. And when it's a backup that, frankly, is less than the the going rate of a high first-round draft pick or something like $25 million, a guy that you could get for 10 for one year is a pretty damn attractive option. That's where Rudolph is. Let me throw this at you, Neil. You're Mason Rudolph's representation. I'm the Atlanta Falcons, and I say, hey, Mason, you want to come play for us? You're better than Riddler and Heineke. We'll definitely make you the starter. How about you come down to hot land and the weather is much better. It's not cold in the winter. And we'll give you about 15 million bucks. We'll give you thir- a two-year 30 million. Two-year 30 million. Guarantee me the starting job at least right away. Or guarantee- tell me now if you're going to draft a quarterback. Is that what you're planning on doing? I'm comfortable going into camp to compete with whatever Desmond Ritter is. Okay. Desmond Ritter, the, the guy that got your head coach fired, you're smart enough to come talk to me now. This is where I'm playing. This is where he's playing. I'm comfortable with that. Two years, $15 million, done. I'll do that. I'll start in Atlanta. And as we make this even more interesting, d- don't let Mason Rudolph play well in a playoff game. Don't let Mason Rudolph ball out and the Steelers actually win. Forget it. He will not be a Steeler again. He, there's, he will there's not, no way. There's no he way. He will not I, be a Steeler again. Well, I, okay. Let, let's let's define what we're saying. Slim. Here. Slim. It's, it's, I am not saying he doesn't deserve the starting job in Pittsburgh. I, I don't know how you could say that he doesn't after this. In a vacuum, he's clearly the better player. There, there's no way you could argue that. That does not mean, however, next season that would have to be the case. Okay, because for the same reason, Mason stepped up and did really well. The offense improved with the new leadership. Pickett missed out on most of that. Okay, he got hurt. He didn't get benched. He got hurt. It's going to be Pickett's team. They invested the 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 they invested the premium asset in him. They're not paying Rudolph anything right now. All right, he's going to be the lowest paid playoff quarterback by a massive margin. Massive margin. He's getting. League minimum. He wasn't supposed to play at all this season. Someone else will see what he has done. He's going to get a playoff start. He realized that? So he's going to go four games in a row. Let's say he does really well. And, and Neil, frankly, I, I'm this, not worried add. about the defenses of Miami or Kansas City. Buffalo is going to be a challenge. But Rudolph could have another big game. It's let possible. This, Neil, let me add this, Neil, before you get back. I don't want to cut your cipher. Uh, he balled out, too. He's the best quarterback on the roster. He's not like he's hanging on and the, no. the defense carried him over the finish line. It's not arguable. He clearly yes. is better. It's, he, it's not a question. Yes. Now, uh, it, it, this is a good question. Let's jump into this question. Hit the, hit this for And what's up, Christian? Glad to see you back on the program, my guy. What's up to you? Uh, and make sure you like and subscribe. You are checking out the new standard. We're going a little bit long today because we are happy because the Steelers have made the playoffs. What about Christian's question? Why can't the Steelers tag Mason? Uh, they can. The same reason, though, that they won't extend him is why they won't tag him. That's a lot of money. This is an offseason that is not going to be geared around spending, which is a, a fancy way of saying They don't have a ton of cap space. It's not that they're in trouble or anything. They're not going to have to make decisions they wouldn't otherwise make, but they're not going to be able to add a whole lot. And they're planning. All right, keep in mind, they've looked at the cap. Fans look at the cap after the season ends, and they start looking at those kinds of things. They've planned this out years in advance. They drafted Pickett. They did not plan on adding $15 million in an extension that we, a hypothetical extension that we discussed uh, to their quarterback salaries. They have Trubisky signed for, I think, base like eight next year. Like something yeah. like that. It's like 925 this year. Eight, 925 this year, I think. The like quarterback tag number is like 30 million. Like They're 30 not million. paying Mason Rudolph $30 million. Okay. Nobody is paying Mason Rudolph $30 million. And I'm his agent in this hypothetical. 
Um, you you could theoretically keep him. If you want to keep him, though, you have to pay him and make him the starter. The issue here is that they're not going to. Some of that is financial. Some of it is they invested the asset and pick it. And it's I, I know that that seems counterintuitive to everything that I just said. From a business perspective, that's what they're going to have to do. We can't pay this guy because we already have him. Now, I, I, I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's just certainly not likely that they're going to turn their back on the first round pick who mostly played under the coordinator that you fired in the middle of the season, got hurt, then watched the third string guy pick up and what you could reasonably say, you know, if, if you're a pro picket guy, Pickett might have done the same thing. We can't rule that out. So let's let's just say the success piece of this is kind of put to the side. And what you look at more is the potential of the first round pick while he's cheap. Rudolph is not cheap anymore. Rudolph is very expensive. So that more than anything is going to influence the decision. That you doesn't the- mean that it's good or bad, but I in my opinion, truthfully, and I, I have been banging the gong for, for Rudolph over these last couple of weeks, my opinion. I don't think Rudolph is doing a whole lot that Pickett could not do. They have a new, they have new leadership. They will have different coaches. Pickett's your guy and he's cheap. It makes more sense to go with Pickett long-term, but next week, if anybody other than Mason Rudolph is starting, I'm going to be pissed. You know, this is a, you know, like you said yesterday on the show that, Khan is probably saying this is a good problem to have, but this is a complicated issue here because although from a pure performance perspective, I I don't want Pickett to start over Rudolph next year. I I don't. I I think I've seen clearly who is the better player to Mason Rudolph. I don't think there's a question that it's Mason Rudolph, but I understand that the pay and the pedigree will loom largely in this decision uh because the Walker's one thing i do know is to get Pickett to the level that rudolph is at now yes That's what this comes down to and, and the one That's thing i do know do. and Pickett is going to get the benefit of the doubt of working with canada he is going to get that benefit of the doubt That's, that's and it's only fair and, and, and because he played well in that Bengals game under the new coordination of the offense that's enough, I think, for them to say, because they have insider knowledge. I mean, they're coaching. They see it. They know what's up. They're like, we know we we can do this with Pickett. We pretty much think we can do this with Pickett. And if we can do this with Pickett without paying the quarterback and Pickett becomes our guy, oh, shit, we're on. It's on and popping. We got We got cost control because when you were talking about the cap, the Steelers in 2024, and of course, this could change very rapidly. Estimated by over the cap will be over 17 million. So, Wait, what? That's that's Rudolph's estimate. No, that's that's the Steelers' estimate of being over the cap. Oh, over the cap yeah, estimated yeah. them being over, and that could change. That's super fun. Well, it, can- it's it absolutely. Well, it it changes through the natural course of business, and we also don't yes. even know what the cap number is yet. So, for example, what's what's Trubisky going to cost him to cut? They're going to save eight with Trubisky right there. And yeah, I don't know why exactly. you bring Trubisky back. Yeah, you can't bring price, Trubisky Absolutely back. not. So it's going to be interesting. And that kind of led into, and our discussion there bled into the next question about Pickett. I think without a shadow of a doubt, and people are going to hate when I say this, I think Kenny Pickett will be the starter week one for the Steelers. I absolutely, like, like if I could bet on that, I would guarantee, almost guarantee, unless he's hurt, he will be the starter next year. Because he got hurt. You had your backup get hot. They watch film. They evaluate the players. They know them much better than us. And I think they will clearly go with Pickett because he's the first-round player. He has the pedigree, and he's cheaper, and you can build the roster around him. Yeah, you, you I, I, and I understand how nonsensical that sounds but you're talking about every other aspect except for a three maybe four game run at the end of a season in which you change coordinators and the starter didn't get to play really under that coordinator he did have one game and it was Pickett's best game this season 
Then he had a bad half, got hurt, and hasn't seen the field since. So I, I don't think logically you can say Rudolph, who, by the way, we wrote the season off when we heard that Rudolph was starting. It wasn't even about Rudolph starting. It was about Trubisky not starting. Keep that in mind. We did not think uh, Rudolph was going to do this, and don't tell me that you did. He is a completely different player than he was. If he can do that in this offense, logically, there's no reason to think Pickett can't do it. That's going to be their line of thinking. And when you were talking about literally $10, 11000000 million, they're not making the decision to keep Rudolph around. Plus, hey, Rudolph doesn't want to. He doesn't want to stay here with the, the, the shadow of Pickett, the first rounder behind him. You brought up I Atlanta. I think Atlanta is a really interesting destination for him. Wouldn't Atlanta <coughs> feel better having a veteran quarterback at a, a bit of a higher price because they don't know what they have with Ritter and they have to get a new coach as well. Bring in the veteran, pay him kind of like a starter, but not really. You know, you're saying 15. I think that might be a little high, um, but it's not impossible. Say that it is 15. Ritter, it, Ritter can't overcome $15 million on the practice field. Mason would have to be the starter. Mason would sign that deal. Atlanta would upgrade that position, and they're still probably spending below market for a starter. What's Pittsburgh going to do? They can't match that deal. Why would they? They're going to sign Rudolph for two years and $30 million? Those are the last two cheap years you have with Kenny Pickett. You could lose both of them after that point. Yeah. Or you'd have if, if Rudolph works out, you're paying Rudolph top 10 money simply because you can't let him go. He has all leverage on you. That's the game the Steelers have to play over the next couple of years. And that's why it's like this, this long-term, the numbers just aren't going to work. Pickett has to be our guy. Yes, I absolutely agree. I, and I, and I, I agree saying that the three Ps, performance, pay, pedigree, it, it's always this flowing equation of which one is more. And in this case, I am telling you guys, <laughs> they're bringing out Kenny Pickett next year. They, they, they are bringing out Penny. But let's move forward. And I was going to talk about, and Christian, you might be right, but they're going to see. Um, we were going to talk about what constitutes a successful season. And this was in anticipation that they did not make the playoffs. But but I'm but now that they've made the playoffs, it kind of brings back and reframes how I was thinking about what is a successful season. And I always snap back to the conversation about Jim with Jim Wexel. Keep it very simple. It's about winning and losing. Now, if you don't win, you didn't have a successful season. Now you can find things within that that were successful, things that you can build upon, so on and so forth. But you're playing to win the game. As uh, uh what's his name, Herm Edwards would say, you're playing to win the Whoa. game. You're, you're playing to win the game. Hello. So you're playing, <laughs> you're playing to win the game. This was a successful season. Even if the Steelers do not win in the first round, and we're going to talk about the first round matchups real quick. Thank the mail for putting that up there on the chat. This has been a successful season, period. You're not going to win a Super Bowl every season. I, at bare minimum, if you go to the playoffs, you had a successful season, period. It, it's just easy. It's, that's what it was before. Had they not made the playoffs, I was going to say that they didn't. But now I'm glad that them making the playoffs has recalibrated this complex stuff that I was about to get into in my Carnegie Mellon mind about what is success. But keeping it simple, stupid, it's just about winning and losing. What constitutes a successful season for you? And this, th How about this? If you are able to make hay – when you the your back defensive seven consists mostly of plumbers and firemen, you had success. And police officers. That's that's what the Steelers did over the last what seven games of the season. They made the bold decision to dump their offensive coordinator, who was leading an offense that averaged numbers that made more sense in like 1946 than they do today. Okay, they were playing ancient football. Not 90s football. We're talking 1940s. Leather helmet. Okay. They made those decisions. They rebounded. 
and they finished where I thought they were going to finish. I picked 10 and 7 for this team. They didn't go the path I thought they were going to go, but they finished 10 and 7 with junk in their defense. They have a, a head-hunting safety who got suspended for four games or whatever it was. They and lost Minka twice this season. Yeah, we do get KZ back. I was going to mention that as well. Uh, the Steelers will have actual NFL safeties playing for them now. Not Miles Killebrew, not that uh, 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 my boy T2, um, Trent, or uh, I don't, is it Trenton Thompson? Tristan Thompson? Whatever his name is. He doesn't Tristan. have to play anymore. Yes. These, these are positive things for the Steelers. But the fact that they won the way they did their last three games with their backs against the wall, the season against the wall, and they're at their absolute lowest that they've been in a long time. They were a terrible football team over a three-game stretch. They rebounded and found a way to finish 10-7 and seven and, and make the playoffs. That's success. But if you really want to get technical with it, I guess the only way to define success is winning a Super Bowl. You know, because it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, you have to win a playoff game. Why? What's the difference? You're in the playoffs. You demand a win in the playoffs. Why wouldn't you win the next game in the playoffs? If that's success to you. It's gatekeeping to, to hold Mike Tomlin's reputation down. The fact of the matter is 10 and seven in a playoff berth in a, in a vacuum is a successful season. You can't argue with that because there's no other way to define success other than you qualified to continue playing uh, at a point you had to be better than your peers in order to do it. So to me, yes, it's a successful year. And to have done that with the adversity that they had is, is pretty remarkable. And I, I wrote them off. I wrote them off. I, I tweeted something that got picked up by a lot of places. And I did like five interviews based on saying, I'm not sure Mike Tomlin survives this after I forget which one it was the Patriots loss. Yeah. For them, yeah. for them, for, for Tomlin, not only to have survived, but to have found the button to push to get thrive. this team to play its best is pretty thrive. remarkable. You got to get the for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's a hell of a performance. And I think James is right. I'm reading an article. No, that got overturned. Oh, that got overturned. Okay, because it's an old article. He he appealed. He appealed his suspension, and they did not overturn the regular season suspension, but they did say he would be eligible for the for the postseason should they make it. Okay, thanks for clarifying that for us, Neil. And uh, hey, man, hey, I wouldn't mind uh, Casey coming back and (laughs) and smashing somebody again in the playoffs. Let's jump into the playoffs. Let's let's jump into the playoffs yep. here. Uh, given the scenario tonight, if Miami wins, uh, Kansas City will get, I believe, the two seed, and the Steelers will travel to Kansas City. If Buffalo wins tonight, the Steelers will play Buffalo. Who would you rather play in round one in a wild card round? I hate these questions. Um, I love these questions. No, honestly. Uh, I, I I don't like either matchup for a couple different reasons. Truthfully, having watched both teams, especially at the end of the year, I I might feel better about playing Kansas City. And it's not because I think that Kansas City is a bad team or that Buffalo is better. Buffalo is on a, a, a higher trajectory than Kansas City is right now, to be honest. Kansas City has not looked particularly good. Kelsey has been hurt for the last seven weeks or something like that. He got hurt against the Vikings. I watched that game. He hasn't been Travis Kelsey since then. They have no receivers on that team except for Kelsey. That's a a big part of why their offense is as bad as it is. Mahomes is a great player. They're doing a terrible job scheming the very little receiving options that they have with the exception of Kelsey uh, down the field. They they absolutely could have used Juju Smith-Schuster again this season. Didn't bring him back. They haven't developed the guys that they want. I honestly think Kadarius Tony in some games is playing against the Chiefs. They're they're not they're not nearly the offense that you would expect them to be. So to me, right now, and on top of that, I, I've said this before too. How the hell it is, Sean McDermott took an absolutely ridiculous, insane analogy of comparing the terrorists on the plane on 9-11 as examples of, of teamwork and coordination and made that into the, the, the controversy of that getting out 
having to apologize for it in the middle of the season, middle of a week. He took that, and the Bills started playing their best football after that. They also got rid of their offensive coordinator, okay? Let, let's not act as if we don't see uh, the, the, the rejuvenating difference between a team that keeps the embattled coordinator versus the one that gets rid of him. They got they got rid of, of their guy probably at a better time than the Steelers did. Maybe the Steelers are are sitting on the third seed right now if they got rid of Canada earlier. Buffalo, to me right now, uh, I, I think overall represents a tougher team to play next week. I think Kansas City, in a lot of ways, should be better. And I don't want to see Chris Jones against uh, uh, Mason Cole for anything, okay? I don't want I don't want to see that man on the field at, in, in any point. But the and the Bills have flaws too. I'm not saying that they are are not above being beaten. Right now, next week, I, I you know, and I'll I'll watch Kansas City, but right now I probably pick the Chiefs. And I'm I'm thinking it's it's a gunshot to the head or the gut, you know. Uh I, I don't like their chances against either one of them, but i I think I would pick the Chiefs here. So Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm seeing on a group chat that the information that I gave is incorrect. That if Miami wins, Miami, if Miami wins, they remain the two seed, which looks like that's correct. Yes. So they they, can't win and drop. If Miami wins, Buffalo, Buffalo and Pittsburgh have a tiebreaker. I'm not sure who is where or what. I thought Pittsburgh would then move up to six. And would play Kansas City in the first round. Okay, okay, we'll see. We we'll play see. the winner of tonight's game makes kind of sense, but if Miami wins, they're the two. That yes, would mean Buffalo, Buffalo lost. We're ahead of is, Buffalo. Is the so we couldn't seven. play the two. We would play the three. Yes, if we jump to the six. So the possible matchups are Buffalo, Miami, or Kansas Buffalo, City. Miami, or Kansas City. As far or as Kansas I understand City. it, right now. Um, and I and I agree with you. I think Kansas City, I would dare I would never say this that going to Kansas City playing Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. Yeah, that's not it's and, not a good situation. Would, would <laughs> be the best would but would be the best scenario in which you could possibly get a win. I mean, I mean, I mean, Cincinnati played them to to the brink. Interesting with Browning. But you know, so tidbit of news: the AFC North became the first team since nine. The AFC North became the first division since 1935 to have all teams finish above 500. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. The conference, uh, uh, the conference was very good this year. I mean, or or the division was very good this year. And uh, I mean, you got the Browns with 11 wins with Stefanski. Uh, before we get out of here, who are you giving coach of the coach of the year to? Uh, D'Amico or, or Stefanski? D'Amico Ryan's hands down. Not even close. I think so. I, I think Not so. Too. Kevin Stefanski has a fifty million dollar quarterback that he can't get shit from. Okay, he had to go get Joe Flacco off his couch to come in and play. And I, I don't know what you think coaching Joe Flacco needs. Joe Flacco is Joe Flacco. You know, he's not moving <laughs> one way or another. Um, and on top of that, if anything, uh, you have a Browns defense that was completely overhauled by Jim Schwartz, not Kevin Stan- Kevin Stefanski. What did Demeco Ryan's have in Houston? Nothing. nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. He had a rookie quarterback. He didn't even take first overall. He wasn't even the first pick. It turns out he's better than the guy that went first. Ballsy move by them to get up and get Will Anderson. It's a very strong candidate for defensive rookie of the year. They could have had the two of them. They revitalized Nico Collins' career, if you want to call it that at that point. They got run out of every level of their defense all the time. They won the damn division. Let me, let me okay? give you a secret. Cleveland didn't win the division. Let, 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 let me let you in on a secret. Even, it's not even a question to me. It's it's Demeco Ryan's. Let me let you in on a secret, Neil. C.J. Stroud is better than Trevor Lawrence. I, I didn't say that. Oh, yeah. No, it <laughs> doesn't matter. I don't think anybody yeah. can argue that. Look at, look at the season. Yes. Yes. Now, yes. Trevor Lawrence has more physical talent than almost anybody else in the game or maybe anybody else who's ever lived. Uh, you don't get more talented than Trevor Lawrence. He should be better than he is. But today was an exact – I don't is this even worth diving into? No. Today is, is the perfect 
uh, uh, example of frustration when it comes to Trevor Lawrence. What in the hell were those two interceptions that he threw? He does that all the time. It's like, dude. And the miss. And the miss late in the game. Yeah, he totally blew that throw. Totally blew it. He wasn't under pressure. He's got to hit that. And the difference between the uber elite in the NFL and Lawrence right now is one or two plays a game. He's always like that. He'll put it together, I think, eventually, because he is just enormously talented. But Stroud hit those throws all year for a rookie. Wasn't even supposed to be the best quarterback. Okay? You talked about Bryce Young. Then you talked about Anthony Richardson and the gamble it was because Anthony Richardson is way more talented than C.J. Stroud. Do you want him higher? Stroud, Stroud's basically third in that conversation. For them to have done what they did with that team, and yes, I'm patting myself on the back because I told this audience two years ago, Demeco Ryans is the coach you need to hire right now. Houston struck gold. Yeah, you did. They, you did. they, you haven't, popped they the haven't missed on anything yet. And that and it, it, it was it was his defense above anything else. Look at the staff that he hired. Bobby Slowick's going to be the the first uh, head coach off the board, guaranteed. Probably the Patriots coach. Washington will offer him. He's not stupid enough to go there. New England will pay him a bunch to to come in and overhaul their entire franchise, which they need to do badly. Yeah, him and the Detroit the Detroit coach, the coordinator Ryan, for Detroit, will be gone as well. Yeah, Ben Johnson's a great coach. Nothing against him at all, but Slow could be the guy I would take. Uh, they did that with with to use the the metaphor again, and I'll change this. I promise. They did that with plumbers and firemen on offense. You had Stroud and nobody. Okay, <laughs> phenomenal job by that staff led by Demeco Ryan's. He's the coach of the year. Steeler fans, before we get out of here, I just want to say, I got a feeling. I got a feeling, brothers. I got a feeling. Black and gold are going to the playoffs. That's something. Going to the playoffs. That's right, baby. That's right, playoffs. Playoffs in my household. And my household is really happy. My wife's a Niner fan. They got the one seed. We're a seven seed. Nice. For now. Nice. For now. We can, we can move up to six, baby. Yes, yes. Let's go, baby. Game. Let's go, baby. And for everybody out there, make sure you like and subscribe to the program. We will not be giving you a second show this evening, more than likely. However, we will be back on Wednesday. So please like and subscribe. Share the show. The Steelers are back in the playoffs. And I got a feeling. And my feeling is Pittsburgh's going to the you fill in the blank. And with that, we are going to conclude the show. And as always, tune in, tell a friend, and subscribe. Go Steelers.